0: And I think that you know, really pragmatically. Sometimes it's not a matter of looking and cutting things out. It's actually being proactive and putting space in. Mm-hmm. So, like I know that in you know my in my calendar, I I actually put space in for you know things like reading or you know or, or kind of um, strategic thinking because those are those important things that are not urgent. And if I don't put them in, they just don't get in. And I think that time with God is is one of those.
1: Welcome to the GBC Big Three Podcast, a weekly podcast where we sit down and unpack three big questions from the Sunday sermon raised by our PM congregation. I'm your host, Matt Willis, and my co host today is Mark Coleman, or as he's more affectionately known, Bodie McBoatface, because he is our very own British Dreamboat. Mark, how are you going? <laughs>
2: uh slightly embarrassed and <laughs> feeling like, like that. you've set me at sail at sea or something it like just,
1: that i'm just determined for this nickname to become a thing and if i have to broadcast it on a podcast that's what i'll do okay <laughs> well it's great to have you and finally after preaching up a storm on sunday we have mark radar mark how are you feeling after sunday
0: Yeah, fine. I mean, you know, it's the rhythm of my week. So, you know, it's Friday, Saturdays, days off, Sundays, a work day in lots of ways. But it was a great day, a really good day for us as a a congregation. Really, I think God did some great stuff.
1: I agree. I'm glad you said that because you weren't selling it for a second there. This week, Mark spoke on our new value of being on purpose as a part of our series called The Crux of Community. You can listen to that message again through our regular GBC Sermons podcast. But today, as always, we'll be looking at three big questions submitted through Slido at our evening service. So let's get into the big three. Now, Mark, I'll start with you. Um, You spoke about the need around being on purpose that I guess at the heart of it, it's about creating margin in our lives Um, but i guess one of the things is is that we live in a world that is always moving it can be hard at times to find that space to pause in order to be really intentional which brings me to our first question how do i start being on purpose when I, i can at times feel so busy and overwhelmed
0: yeah, I think, I mean, you know, talk about the crux of community. I think that's the crux of this value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think for me, a lot of it is is wrapped around the idea of being available. So when we were doing some of the work kind of late in the piece on these values, and we're starting to wordsmith them a bit, I think I, I almost would have been happy with available. Because mm-hmm. I think that's the heart of what this is. It's about, about having availability like not just say yeah I'll help you out whenever I can but like actually I have time in my calendar I have space in my life I have finances in my account that are available for you if you need them like they're actually there present Mm -hmm. and accounted for and so I think that when uh, when we face the busyness of our lives I think that we probably need to 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 do as I suggested we need to take a bit of an audit really like and just kind of have a good look at our lives like I'm pretty convinced that we have more time available to us than we perhaps think we do. I know, you know, personally, I you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff in my life that if I were more deliberate, I could, I'd have hours, you know? Uh, everything from, you know, whether it be social media or just kind of those brain-dead things that we do, games on our phone or whatever, that you just, you know, like just fills up space. You know, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, but you add up those few minutes and soon you've got a fairly big chunk of time. Mm. Now, you know... Instead of scrolling through social media for five minutes, is God going to say, "Okay, you've got five minutes. Let's do something between tasks"? I'm not, like I'm not sure God wants us to be frantically busy either. But I think it begins with having a bit of an audit and just being a little bit more careful about the ways we spend our time, the ways that we, you know, spend our finances and all those sorts of things. But I think with time, you know, we can often be fooled into thinking we're busier than we are, and uh, sometimes it's 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 not quite as it's not quite as bad as we think it is.
2: I really agree with that I think the whole audit concept that really rings true the first thing you've got to do is recognize the problem haven't you you kind of got to uh, actually slow down enough to go well hang on I am so busy and overwhelmed that should cause me to think about something and I wonder then uh, I've been thinking a bit about what are the kind of next good first steps that help you to audit well and and I think just a practice of fasting is actually a really helpful next step in that space. I think, you know, you can fast from a whole bunch of different things. Food, time, you know, your electronic devices, fast from stuff that you know takes up heaps of your time. And and actually in that space, in kind of intentionally denying yourself that thing, whatever that might be for a time, it really helps you kind of concentrate your awareness of time in particular and how you're using that and what you could be using it for differently.
0: Mm. And I think that, you know, really pragmatically. Sometimes it's not a matter of looking and cutting things out. It's actually being proactive and putting space in. Mm. So like I know that in, you know, my, in my calendar, I've, I actually put space in for, you know, things like reading or, you know, or, or kind of um, strategic thinking because those are those important Things that are not urgent, and if I don't put them in, they just don't get in. And I think that time with God is is one of those. And I should probably also say that there are some people who are they're they're too busy, they do have too yeah. much on. And if that's you, then you need to figure out some different strategies to deal with mm-hmm. um, what can be workaholism. You know what can be really detrimental behavior.
2: Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think at the heart of this, we really need to be. I guess, looking at our perspective and and probably changing our perspective because we we live in a world that really reinforces this idea that everyone's busy. You know, technology is working faster and faster because you need the time. You know, services uh, work quicker. They take the travel time out or they take the thinking out. They take that um, going into a space out of the equation to save us time because we're so time poor. And so we get that reinforced, on us regularly, everything in our society says, you are time poor and we're going to try and fix that for you. But I think you're right. Well, both of you, like we do need to take an audit of our lives. And actually, are we as busy as we think? We might be overwhelmed. Absolutely. But is that just because the world projects that onto us or is that, you know, actually a true reflection of what's going on? And should we be that busy? Because hmm. I think that's the other thats the other piece of
0: that myth or that, that lie, right? Which is the whole world's busy and you should be too, mm. right? Yeah. Like you should mm. be. And like, what's wrong with you if you're not like crazy busy? And so, you know, I think it's one thing to do an audit and go, oh, actually I've got a bit of time. That's probably the harder point because then you've got to say, and I'm not going to fill it up with stuff,
2: you know. So easy to get caught up in that lie. So easy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think again, you know, having to speak to that socially is actually a big challenge as well, particularly for, you know, our younger Christians, because it is this idea of you've got to keep up, you've got to keep going, otherwise you'll be left behind. Mark, um, you're talking about these values um, and that the role that they will play is that they will kind of shape us and and shape the stance that we take as a community here at GBC and that these values um, are a real integral part of us living out the commission of being sent that we see um, Jesus give his disciples and us by extension. What difference will it make to the world, though, around us if we are a people being on purpose
0: yeah, I reckon. I mean, I reckon there are probably two places where I'd I'd be looking for impact, and and one would be, you know, we believe that God is at work in the world, and um, you know, as I as I mentioned um, in, in the sermon, you know, God can take the small things that we give Him and create miraculous provision, and so if we're if we're all um, creating and maintaining some margin in our lives. And offering that to God, then God might do something really extraordinary just in our additional availability. You know, as I mentioned last night, you know, you get a get hundred people who all have 25 bucks a week to give to God. That's $2,500. $2,500 every week can go a really long way to mm. changing people's lives. A little bit of relational space, a little bit of time in our days. Like all of those things can exponentially impact mm. um, just by God using them. And I, I think the other the other place where I think there'd be impact is I think that it would it would present I, I think a, a really attractive way of life. Mm. You know, I think the idea of having margin of not being rushed, um, or at least of not being as rushed, of being someone who appears to be a little bit non-anxious because hey, I've got a little bit of extra time, I've got a little bit of extra space, I've got a little bit of extra cash. I think that'd be really appealing to, as you know, we we're talking before, a, a community and a society that has just run off its feet uh, under the weight of these expectations that you must be busy and you have to buy everything and you know all that kind of stuff. I, so I think there'd be a really attractive component uh, yeah. to basically say, "Hey, look, there's another way to live. It's a wise way to live. Mm. We don't do everything; we do the right things." Mm. And and if we could model that for our community, I think geez, I think we'd be under a good thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think so often we talk about um, the person of Jesus being countercultural both in his time and in our time today. And I think this value of being on purpose and actually finding that time in our day, in our week, wherever, um, to be intentional and, and to create that margin, where whatever that looks like and wherever that is, is very countercultural. And I think you're absolutely right. I think it could show the world actually what, Um, God is talking about what he created us for and this better way of living Um, because I don't think people like being busy. I don't think people like feeling like they're constantly under the pump, constantly trying to um, follow everyone and follow pace. I think everyone's craving for something different. But no one wants to be the first to step out of line.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the thing, right? You know, who's going to go first, right? Because if, if I slow the pace of my life down, I risk coming across as not being very important, right? Or losing influence or missing out on opportunities. And, and that's kind of, that's cultural currency. Uh, and so who's going to go first? Who's going to be brave enough to say, I'm going to slow down? I'm going to slow down first. I'm going to make some space and I'm not going to rush from thing to thing. I think that's a huge thing.
1: Mm. Coleman, how do you see this playing out in your life?
2: Uh, I mean, the first thing I was thinking about that being on purpose helps us kind of feed into one of the other values we're going to talk about, which is being big hearted. Because if you have created that margin, then you can be generous because Mm. you've... Created the kind of collateral that you can be generous with, so you've created more time, or you've been intentional about your money, or um, you know any number of different kind of practices, and so I think that's the first step, is it? That's, and that's attractive, like that's, that's something that the world wants, particularly, you know, the world is looking for people who are unhurried, who kind of counter the flow of things and, yeah. uh, and people take notice in that space. So, I, I mean, I'm keen for that. I'm really excited about, you know, being on purpose so that we can get to the kind of gener- generosity. And I think also the other thing I think uh, being on purpose allows us to do is actually go what Make decisions about what is important and go there together. Because yep. because we've created the time where we went, actually, we could have done this and we all could have done these different things, but if we all did this together, like how amazing would that be? Which which is the purpose part of the on purpose. Like yep. it's not just about being deliberate,
0: it's actually about being on a purpose. Like why? Why are we why are we so busy? And I think most people would say, I don't know. <laughs> because everyone else is, I guess. Man. I don't know. Because that's how the world is, isn't it? It's you know, and, and to actually be on a, a purpose that helps you make some of those decisions, too.
1: Mm. It's a huge challenge. It's a hard challenge, but I think it's one that um, if the community of God kind of are the first to lead in. It will make waves. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: Well, Mark, um, you spoke about how people have different levels of relational capacity on Sunday, and that it was important for us, um, if we're going to be people on purpose, to find margin to be purposeful relationally. Um, which brings us to our third question: How do we open up space for new relationships without compromising existing relationships?
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a. I mean, it's a good question, um, which is why it's one of the big three, I suppose. Really, when <laughs> it really comes so, right yeah. down to it, yeah. Um, I, I should probably kind of, you know, be kind of open and say, like, of of the types of people, I don't have heaps of relational slots, right? Like, I'm I'm one of those uh, smaller Lego brick type people, right? <laughs> um, and and I think that, uh, and that's that, that's not an excuse. It's just kind of saying where I where I kind of sit on that spectrum. And so for me. You know, the de- decisions around relationships are, are pretty important ones uh, because you want relationships that are life-giving, but you also want relationships that you are able to give life into. And, mm-hmm. you know, ideally, I think most of our relationships, you'd like to think there's a little bit of give and take on that. Like our best friendships are the ones where we both give and receive. And I think you want to find that. But I think that there, are, there should be some spots in our lives where we have relationships where we're able to give out. Right, and so I think we need to be careful about the kinds of relationships I mean a sermon's not the best time to divide all the different types of relationships you have, but you know of the you know of the twelve relationships you might have, I wouldn't think that all twelve of them would be deep intimate relationships that's mm-hmm. probably only two or three or four you know like it's it's not it's not the largest percentage, and then there'd be a whole bunch of people who you know reasonably well. Um, who you get along with, and, you know, there's a little bit of give and take, and that's great, and there are a few people you don't know quite as well. And so I think you need to think about the sorts of relationships. And do you have the the capacity, and I think that this is, this is a tricky one, particularly in churches, um, do you have the capacity to let one relationship slide a little bit to invest in a new one? Hmm. And it's probably not those core relationships, right? Those core relationships, you, you invest in those core relationships. But, you know, like I find it as a pastor, you know, new people will join the church, uh, and you know you want to say good day, you want to uh, you want to make them feel welcome. you get to know them a little bit, but by doing that, then I am kind of by definition saying that I'm not gonna talk to the regulars mm. that that day and and you need people to be you know talking about being big hearted generous. You need people to be kind of generous with you as well. and as a community of faith, I think that's an important space for us to to work in where you know it's not all about you know touching with every single person every single week. But that's because the relationships that I have with most people is a casual relationship. You know, mm-hmm. um, my deep friendships are a different matter altogether. So I think we need, we need to be aware of the different, I don't know, levels, types of relationships and, and just make sure that we do have enough capacity. You know, I'm not suggesting that every new person or every new relationship ought to become a, a deep and intimate one. Uh, but I think if we don't have any room, if we can't do more than be friendly. I think we're missing out.
2: I'm going to make sweeping generalizations here, but I, uh, based upon my own experience, which is all I can really draw from, I would say that quite often we just fall into relationships. Mm. You, you kind of meet people, you go to a thing, and you know, all of a sudden there's a new set of relationships that you can build there, whether that's a church context or a work training event or whatever it might be. And and I think because of that. Uh, lack of intentionality of kind of perhaps being off purpose when it comes to uh, developing or engaging with new relationships i think that it's probably important for us to just schedule in some time to be on purpose about thinking about relationships and i and i would absolutely agree with what mark was saying about um you know, recognizing that there are going to be people in our lives relationships in our lives which very much are drawing from us if you've got kids then you know what that looks like uh, <laughs> and there are going to be people that you really draw from they're your mentor type relationships but the bulk are going to be in that space where there's give and take and but actually being aware of oh hang on actually have I got a lot of dependent relationships here do I need to kind of go well actually I need to limit some of those or just you know being more intentional about creating relationships 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 with those where it's more give and take or even being in seasons where you've got to go i really need some people who are feeding into me that's where i'm at right now and and i need to particularly pay attention to that as well
0: yeah and and i think that you know that being intentional i think is is really spot on because you know like every so often you'll talk to people who you know that they're going out with some people that they know and you ask oh how'd you how'd you meet them like oh they're just facebook friends and and every so often i kind of go wow like that's a that's a big investment of your time to, and I'm not saying that that's not a good relationship to invest in, but I, like I agree, Mark, I think most of the relationships I've been in, you just kind of fall into, and so if you're not intentional, you can end up spending a lot of time. Now maybe those friendships are great. I don't want to judge the you know, the circumstances of that, but I think being intentional about, you know, I've got some Facebook friends and. They're going to remain Facebook friends, Mm. and that's the way we interact and engage. And you know, maybe something changes, but just being a little bit thoughtful and and, shall I say, asking the Holy Spirit. You know, okay, Lord, Mm. you know, bring the right people into my life. Give me wisdom about this, because you know, relationships are so flexible and Mm. they can happen so spontaneously that you you know, who knows what what comes of it. You know,
1: Mm. yeah, I think you know, I think this is a huge challenge for churches in general. Across the board, I'm sure it is for us here at GBC. You know, I think we've all been a new person at a church. I've been a new person at a church, and there's this tension of already established relationships and how do I find my place? And I know for you know being on the other side where you know i have established relationships in my church community you know finding that time to be intentional to go and you know cross the room and meet that new person and and open up the opportunity to open up that margin to be on purpose and get to know them and build a new relationship and i think that's what is so significant about Um, The fact that you, Mark, spoke about this as a practical way that we can be on purpose and create that margin, because if we're doing it as a church community, then that means that this is our common value. This is our common heart and our common desire. And it means that if I spend my Sunday after the sermon, which is the social, you know, big, big time of the week, um, if I spend that time investing in new relationships, then what I hope From my already established relationships, will be support and you know a a maintaining of of our connection, even though I haven't used that time for them.
2: And I like I really agree with you, Matt. I'm glad you talked about the importance of that within the church space because yeah, and I'm thinking about this a lot in my role here within the team. But I'm so aware that for people to really make connection and find their home uh, their sense of belonging within a church community we've got to be a a people who have got space to say oh i've got time for you in Mm -hmm. my week uh, with those new people that enter our community and we have to be intentional about creating that margin because that is how people uh, remain it's not how people come to church but it is how people will remain there and remain in that place where they can be open to all that god has got for them
1: Well, I'm excited to see how um, we as a community really take hold of this value of being on purpose. And I'm excited to hear the stories of people being on purpose wherever God leads them. Well, Mark, Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. If you want to be a part of the conversation, make sure that you're there at our 6 p.m. service on Sundays and that you snap the Slido QR code before the sermon to get involved. If you've enjoyed the Big Three podcast today, take the time to give a star rating and be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all future episodes. Thanks for joining us for this week's Big Three and our deep dive into God's invitation for us all. Remember, there's no thought too small, no question too big.